Welcome to Wild Tater, the Food Forest Podcast. I'm Charles Hathaway. Today we're going to talk about asparagus, whose Latin name is Asparagus officinalis. Asparagus is cold-hardy to zones 3 to 8, from zones 3 to 8, which means it can withstand winters that go as cold as negative 40 Fahrenheit. It can tolerate soil pH of 6.5 to 7.5. Its watering needs are pretty average, though it does become quite drought-tolerant once it establishes, which takes a couple of years. Um, In the meantime, while it's, you know, just growing, give it an inch or two of water a week. The blooming season is August, while the harvest season is early to mid-spring. Now you'll notice, unlike things like berries and fruits, the asparagus is harvested well before the flower arrives. Um, If you look at an asparagus, you can kind of see like just ones that you buy from the store, you know, grocery store, uh, produce section, you'll notice they look like little buds or or, um, a stem with, uh, with a bud on the end which is exactly what they are. And it's not even a flower bud yet. It's usually just the new growth. And when it pops out of the ground, it just looks like somebody went to the grocery store, bought some of those asparagus twigs, and poked them into the ground. That's what it looks like. And it will look like that for a few days, and it will stretch taller. And then in no time at all, within a week, that whole thing will be exploding into a beautiful ferny uh, plant, uh, which is the uh, asparagus plant that gardeners will recognize. But it's the kind of thing that if you don't catch it early enough, you may miss the opportunity to harvest. But um, so anyway, when they first come up in the spring, that's when you harvest them. I will say you don't want to over-harvest these. Don't take everything that comes up because it could kill the plant and it will for sure stress it out. A good rule of thumb for most harvesting things, including this, is not to take more than 20% of the plant. So if you're like, but we need a whole asparagus for our family, whatever, well then grow as many asparagus as you have in your fa- as people you have in your family and then you'll have plenty. As for when to start doing it, because you're going to plant that in the ground, when to start harvesting, wait for two years. Sometimes it takes longer than that. You'll see these little sprigs and you're like, oh my gosh, they're so wimpy. I, I thought asparagus would look something like the grocery store ones. Well, the main reason for that is because it's still quite young. Um, second reason might be because they're female, not male um, and we'll talk more about that in a, in a little bit. But uh, anyway, um, so the uh, if you want to pollinate these for propagation, now remember, since you're eating the actual sprigs of the fresh plant, the uh, whether it's male or female, whether there are whether they can grow viable seed or whatever, is not really a factor in determining whether they will spread simply because they do spread by rhizomes, by, uh, by roots. But those rhizomes are clones of the original, which is fine for most people if you're just wanting to spread what you've got. But if you want to propagate them 
um, genetically and get new varieties of asparagus, especially if they're if you want ones that are even more adapted to your area, what you want to do is get get them to grow seed and then plant those seeds and then they get those to go to seed and plant those seeds and after several generations you'll have something that is very climatized to, to where you're at. And in order to do that you're going to need a male asparagus and a female asparagus. Asparagus are what we call dioecious, which means that any one plant is either male or female, but one plant doesn't have the organs of the other gender. And because of this, if you're interested in creating new varieties of asparagus, um, then you'll need both a male asparagus and a female. And then, of course, females will grow berries, which contain the fruits. Do not eat those berries. They are toxic. But the sprigs, like we said, very delicious. As for size, the asparagus will get anywhere from six inches tall to eight feet tall. They're uh, a rather versatile uh, kind of a, a plant. And I've seen my own asparagus. Sometimes they'll come up. Averages usually between uh, maybe a foot tall to three feet tall is pretty average for mine. I've seen them get a little bigger and I've seen them get a little, you know, stay a little smaller than that too, but that's kind of what you can expect. Um, they do like full sun. They, uh, in the wild, they will grow in, in wide open neglected fields, which means it's a great place to put them if you've got a wide open neglected field, you know, that needs something to grow in. Asparagus is a good option there. Of course, you're going to have to remember to water it for the first two years while it gets established. But once it gets going, um, you can really get it to uh, take off. Now, one trick that I've heard, and I've not tried it myself, but because they're so rhizomial and, they, and their roots go crazy, if you want them to have a really robust root that is so you know, deep that it will never want for water kind of a thing. What some people will do is they'll dig a, a hole that's maybe two feet deep or potentially more, but I would say two feet would, would be what I'd recommend for trying this. And then plant your, your asparagus there so that the tips are just barely coming out. Wait for it to grow, you know, a few more inches Put in more dirt to fill it so it's just peeking out again. And then once it grows six more inches, stick some more dirt in so it's just barely peeking out. And keep doing that. Um, and it may take a couple of years to, you know, depending because they do fluff out. And then and you don't want to be burying leaves necessarily. But when they first start coming out in the spring, you know, whatever. Um, go ahead and, and bury them up until they reach to ground level. And what you'll have is this root that is two feet deep. And then, of course, down below, it's also reaching downward. But it will be so deep that it'll be unstoppable. At least that's what I've heard. And I think it's worth a try. It's preferred habitat. If it could just have exactly what it wanted, I think an asparagus would probably grow in full sun, sunny meadow that's not terribly far from a stream. I don't, they don't like a lot of water, but, you know, just a light, 
um, wicked water. And by wick, I mean, you know, if you if you have water in a you know in a bowl, let's just say you. I'm trying to think of an example, not a bowl. Let's, let's just say a pond. Let's say you make a pond liner and then you heap up dirt all the way up and over, you know, well over the height of the uh, of the pond and then fill the pond just to the liner and leave it. What the water is going to do is it'll obviously soak into the soil, but then it will continue to climb up the soil hills around the sides until it reaches all the way to the tip. So uh, water wicks in soil and so what happens near a stream bed or pond or whatever is that it wicks outward slowly until eventually you get to a dry point and i'm guessing asparagus would be just prior to that dry point just prior to it they don't like wet soil but they they do like a little water here and there it will actually get them to grow bigger and better. You do nothing with them and they'll probably just be kind of puny. But anyway, asparagus is kind of in its own family, the asparagaceae family or asparagaceae family. Um, so everything in the family is some kind of asparagus. However, this asparagus officinalis is the asparagus that we all grow. And no, a few others in the family include some of the lily-type flowers that, uh, that are in that family. But anyway, let's go on to a little bit more detail about eating asparagus. Now, most of us are familiar with the traditional way, which is honestly the best way to eat asparagus, which is you take the new sprigs that are coming up, um, cut them and then stir fry or boil them or, you know, uh, even bake them. Basically cooked um, young stalks. That's the primary way you're going to be eating asparagus. There are other options like eating them raw. I do recommend if you eat them raw that you eat them very fresh raw, like same day that you picked them, preferably, you know, I mean, eating them right off the right off the out of the ground, snip it and pop it in your mouth, is the best way to eat them raw. Because the longer the time goes by, the less good they'll taste. Not not they'll taste like rotten or anything, but the the experience will be not as as enjoyable. They start to wilt quickly. Uh, you know, they'll just just different things that that take away some of that experience of a of a fresh raw asparagus. But, um, you know, like I said, best is cooked. And I will say that if you're just planting asparagus, do not harvest for the first couple of years. It's going to need a couple of years to kind of build the strength to withstand the later harvesting that will take place. And, and so if you give it a couple of years, what you're going to find is little cute little sprigs are coming up those first couple of years. And you're like, oh, little asparagus, how cute. And then all of a sudden, one year they come up, boom, and they look like those beefy uh, store-bought size ones, especially if they're male. And that's a point I can't remember if I've made already, is that male sprigs tend to be much thicker than the females. The flavor is identical, so I mean, it's not like flavor's a difference. Um, you know, so, and if you've got quantity of females, it really doesn't make much difference, because you've got as many as you need, but... 
If you're looking for a really big, thick, beefy stock, you're going to want to go with the male varieties. And interestingly, they tend to name the varieties, not always, but sometimes their varieties are named after a male or a female. For example, Erastus is a male variety, and Mary Washington is a female variety. So th that might help you in, in looking for them. If not, and you're at the store and you can see that they are selling you, you know, that you want to, you want some males and you see Jersey Giant and you don't know, well, is that a male or a female? Uh, I mean, it is a male, but say you don't know about the particular variety you're looking at, uh, just Google it, Jersey Giant asparagus, male or female, and they'll tell you. Now, I don't personally recommend using asparagus for its medicinal purposes other than the kind of um, things that are, you know, you just eat this like you normally would and it will have these positive effects on your body. Absolutely do those. The reason I don't recommend these other things is because they often use the roots or other parts that may otherwise be somewhat toxic and unless you know what you're doing it can cause worse problems than than good but if you're willing to do the research this is just something to kind of you know throw out there as something you could research further into um there are a couple of medicinal uses for parts of asparagus um for example um, it's sometimes been used to treat liver and or urinary problems. Probably mostly that, just eating it. It's good for the liver. It's good for urinary um, issues. But also the roots are said to be used to lower blood pressure. The seeds appear to have some antibacterial qualities. But again, the methods, doses, the usage for those medicinal purposes would have to be fully researched before attempting to use asparagus for treating anything. I have never used it for that. I, I've not tried and I don't intend to um, because there's plenty of other things that meet the same needs. But if you do want to go that route, be sure that you consult your doctor as well as do some more research on that before you use it for anything but food. If you're eating it for food, go for it. And if there are particular benefits you're looking for, such as more iron, more potassium, both of which asparagus is loaded with, um, that's a great way to go. That's a great way to go. I will give as one more caution, uh, the female asparagus will grow little red berries that look lovely and appetizing. They are toxic. Do not eat those. Okay, so use them for propagation instead of supper, okay? And in case you listen to any gardening shows like I have in the past and gotten the message that asparagus are hard to grow, I don't know what they're doing to struggle so much with asparagus. My experience is you stick it in the ground, occasionally water, and it will do its thing, and it will do it beautifully. That's my experience. And, and maybe the reason is because I let stuff grow around it and I'm, you know, not trying to weed it and, and things like that. Whereas if you were trying to weed it, that might be difficult because, you know, sometimes it's tiny, sometimes it's huge. And then the next week or the next year, it starts up again and kind of starts over. And each time it gets a little bigger, a little, 
you know, beefier and it's popping up all over. So you don't know what to weave. You don't know what to harvest. I don't know. I, I can't really make heads or tails of, of why asparagus would be something people struggle with. My guess is that I'm just in that nice 6.5 to 7.5 soil range. If you've got a very acidic soil, perhaps it would struggle. And you may have to add some limestone or something to your, um, or some lime to your soil in order to bump its uh, alkalinity up or something. But for me, my clay, alkaline soil, it, it seems to do great. It's, it doesn't seem to mind it at all. I usually plant it and forget about it. And, and then I usually just make sure I plant it somewhere where it's likely to get a little bit of water here and there. So I recommend it. Go get yourself some asparagus. Try different varieties to see what works out best for you. And thank you all again for listening.